Thanks for being here at Eastside. Man, y'all look so good out there. Got a chance to visit with some of you. Some of you look better than you normally look, really, okay? I know what it is. Look at the person next to you and say, man, you look better than the last time I saw you, okay? Everybody's looking good today. Thanks for being here. It's great to have you in the house of God today. Now, I want to talk to you uh, today about something that is in my mind, it is super, super important. It is a very important subject that I'd like to address with you. And I know when I say that, there's a bit of a silliness involved when I would say something like that, because does that mean that there are times in which I talk to you about things that are not important, okay? And so when I say this is important, does that mean, okay, last week wasn't important, okay? Um, I mean, how weird would it be if I came out and said, okay, what I got today, you know, it ain't that big a deal. It don't apply to hardly any of you, you know, whatever. Okay, so hopefully um, when we teach here at Eastside, one of the things we try really hard to do, all of our, our teachers are passionate about that, is that we want to talk about things that are real and relate to your life as described in the Bible. But, but today, what I'm gonna talk about, I think it's got a little extra punch to it. I really, really do. It's something I'm passionate about, and I believe in, and I've lived, and I've seen. And it's something that is gonna relate to a lot of you in this room. And I just, I just pray that you're with me as I try to, try to explain what I, what I see in Scripture teaching us about this subject. We're gonna kind of zero our thoughts into one aspect, and it's, it's this idea of what I call kingdom calling. And so when we're done um, in a little bit, when you walk out, you will have heard that probably a thousand times, and you're going to know exactly what it's about, and my hope is that you'll walk out of here and you will realize that that has your name on it. It has your name right there. When you see something like kingdom calling, it kind of, kind of brings to light the idea that, that some people live their lives in a manner that it, it's almost like they live in a way that the impact in the way that they lived extends beyond themselves way after they're gone. It's called a life calling. It's a calling on my life. And sometimes a person might receive that early in their life, and sometimes they don't, they don't catch it until really late in life. And most of us, somewhere in the middle. But there's a lot of people who are lucky enough to be able to get caught up into this idea where there is a central conviction about a cause, a cause that grips you, and all of your life is centered around that cause, and then the ripple effects just keep going long after you're here. I mean, Abraham Lincoln had a, a calling on his life, and we all know his story, and, and, and he, he felt that calling so strongly to unify our nation and end slavery that he just kept going after defeat, after defeat, after defeat, after defeat, until he could sit in the highest seat in the land and bring this nation together under that cause. He had a life calling. But sometimes life callings aren't just with names that we recognize. 
It's not just people that we all know. You will come across people in your life who have a life calling and nobody else knows them. Probably nobody in this room recognizes the name Dick Balance. Dick Balance had a call in his life. Dick had a grandson by the name of Derek and, and Derek just got the short end of the stick, man. His parents were a mess and, and the future just didn't look good at all and it just wasn't anything good at all. And, and Dick, as his grandpa, had a heart for his son, Derek. And later in life, Dick went home and he told his wife, Shirley, he said, okay, the empty nest thing is over. Um, we're gonna raise that boy. We're gonna bring him in a house. We're gonna raise that boy and we're gonna teach him how to be a man so that he can make a life for himself when he's on his own. And, and Dick brought Derek into his house. And if you watch Dick's life from that point on, I mean, everything was about building Derek into a man. And I had the great privilege of being the pastor of the church where that family was apart for seven years up in Illinois. Got to know them really, really well. And on the last Sunday when I left that church and I moved down here, the last Sunday there on my last sermon, I pulled some people out of the church during my sermon and I just had them stand up and I wanted to tell them something about them that I appreciated. It was a really intimate, precious moment. And I remember when I said, Dick Balance, I want to stand up. And Dick Balance stood up in that room and I made this statement. I said, every kid on the planet ought to have a grandpa like Dick Balance. And I started crying and Dick started crying and the place erupted into an applause because Dick Balance had a calling on his life. And you probably have met people in your comings and goings where you just see how they live and what they're about and you know that they live on a plane that maybe nobody else lives because they've got this calling deep into their soul. And I wanna to talk to you about that today, but I wanna put, put a twist to it. I wanna put a unique twist to it because I wanna to talk to you about what a kingdom calling is. And a kingdom calling is where you come under a conviction that you're going to use your life in a specific manner to advance the kingdom of God. That's not just a calling on your life, that is a kingdom calling. And I wanna to talk to you about why that's such a big deal to a lot of people who are listening to this in this room right now. You see, let me show you something about a kingdom calling. I wanna put it up on the screen so that you can kind of hear me and kind of see what I'm trying to say here. Only people who follow Jesus receive kingdom calls. Because kingdom calling is about taking the, the, the person of Jesus and what he represents and his cause and advancing it, about making it move throughout the world. And the only people who ever get that are Christians. And so if you're not a follower of Jesus, you will not receive a kingdom calling. It is unique to us believers. But watch this very carefully. I want you to see this. All people who follow Jesus have a kingdom call in their life. That if you know Jesus, there is a calling that has been placed on your life to advance the kingdom of God. Even if you don't know it. Even if you're in the room right now and you're going, dude, I ain't got a clue what you're talking about, which some of you do every week, right? And if you're at that point, but you follow Jesus, I want you to listen 
Because you're going to hear something that may revolutionize the trajectory of your life right now. Because if you follow Jesus, you got a kingdom calling in your life. Let me show you two real quickly. I want to show you how it comes up in Scripture. I'm going to take Ephesians chapter 2. And if you're a Bible person, it's a big verse you're aware of. And verses 8 and 9 says this. For it is by grace you've been saved through faith, and this not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. That's a very familiar passage of Scripture in the New Testament that says we are saved by the grace of God through his son Jesus Christ on the cross. That's why you're saved, because of the grace of God. Now, let me ask you this question. Did God save you through the blood of Jesus just to get you to heaven? And some of us think, yeah, that the cross is about me going to heaven. Can you hear me on this? I want you to know that it's way more than that. It's way more than just kind of making it through this world and someday getting to heaven. That's not why he saved you. If you look real carefully at this passage of scripture, it was verses eight and nine. You go to the very next verse and it says, for we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Why did he save you? So that you would hear his kingdom call on your life. That God saves us so that we can be his tools. We can be his ambassadors. We can be his touches of advancing the kingdom of God in the world. You have a kingdom calling on your life if you know who Jesus is. So what does that mean, Dave? What's that mean? Does that mean I have to be a Dave Hastings? I got to be a preacher? Does that mean I have to be in Aquila Bach? Do I have to lead worship? Is that what I got to do? Do I have to be a Vicky Hood? Do I have to be a women's pastor at a church somewhere? Do I have to be a Silas Crowell? Do I have to devote myself to, to young people and raise them up? Do I have to be a Kim Yurton who loves on babies and works in churches? Do I have to do all of that? Do, does a kingdom call mean that I have to become a pastor and join a church in full-time ministry? Does that what a kingdom call mean? I want you to listen to this. Maybe, maybe, can I get real with you? Okay. You six people. Here we go. Okay. Watch this. I want you to listen to this. Because, man, if I get caught up in this, I'm going to try to stay in my notes. But if I get caught up, we ain't going nowhere for a while, okay? But I won't do that because the Cowboys kicking off at 8.15, okay? So, anyway, here we go. <laughs> I've been praying all day long. Here we go. <clears throat> so, so, watch this. In the 1940s, and I know some of you weren't born at that time, but in the 1940s in America, with churches all across America, they were super, super worried, really worried, because people weren't coming in to the ministry to work full time. They, they just weren't preachers anywhere around in the 1940s. And if you weren't at church back in those days, you can read about it historically, they were, they were scared to death and they were worried because where's the church gonna be in 25 years? 
And they all knew that in 25 years, it was over because there was nobody to do what I do and, and carry, the, it just wasn't happening. And we realized we gotta do something in America as Christians. And so they did things to start to turn the corner a little bit. And, and we, started, we started creating Bible colleges and Christian colleges in America. And churches started getting serious about raising up their young people and sending them into ministry. And really, really in America, there was some major changes going on in Christendom starting in the 1940s. And it kind of built in the 50s and the 60s. 60s and the 70s, and then they started rolling in the 70s and the 80s and the 90s, and there was an explosion of Christianity in America because people were getting a kingdom call on their life to get into ministry. And I'm a product of that. I'm a product of that. And now we're a couple decades into this new century, and we're back where we were in the 40s. And there ain't nobody on the bench. And those of us who do this for a living and eat it and breathe it. And if you know Jesus, you ought to be as concerned as anybody. 25 years from now, dude, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And so this is really an important topic not just for us here at Eastside, but for Christianity across our land to realize that we are at a critical time where we have to get serious about people hearing a kingdom call on their life. And churches have to get really serious and put some backbone into raising up young people who are gonna go into ministry. I'll tell you what our church is gonna do. We're gonna get serious about it east side. And if you're a young person and you're gonna to go to a Christian college or a Bible college with the intent to graduate and go into ministry, we're gonna help you pay for that. We're gonna help you pay for that in this church. We need moms and dads. Listen to me, because I'm gonna ruffle some of you, okay? I'm gonna get under your nerves, but it's Christmas, you'll get over it. But I want you to listen. We need moms and dads who are just as excited that my baby is going to a Christian college as they are a secular university. And I don't mean the second university is wrong. I don't mean that. I don't mean that. I don't mean that at all. I love pictures. There's my baby going to the university of wherever, okay? I want to see somebody say, there's my baby going to Johnson Christian College. See, we got to get serious about that. So is a kingdom calling to be giving your life to full-time service and do all that? Maybe it might be people who, who step out of a secular life that they're living, a secular profession and career, and feel a calling in the ministry. It might be that. There might be people this weekend who hear this message, and you come under that conviction that I've been doing this job forever, and now it's time to advance the kingdom of God and what I do professionally. You ask Neil Lancaster about that. Neil Lancaster, who's our host this weekend, who's now an incredible pastor on our staff. He rose in the banking world after years of working to be the senior vice president of Stockyards Bank. And it didn't fill a hole in his life. And he was miserable about it because there was a kingdom call on his life. 
And so nothing that he did at work would fill that hole and he would come home miserable. And his wife Jennifer got tired of him whining about it all the time, day in and day out. Can I get an amen, Mrs. Lancaster, okay? And just got tired of it because there was a calling on his life. And so you leave that world to become a pastor at Eastside Christian Church. And so if you assume there must have been a financial sacrifice from senior vice president of a bank to pastor, you are assuming correctly, okay? Can I get an amen, Mrs. Lancaster, all right? And that might be your story, okay? And so Dave, are you telling me, are you saying that a kingdom call on a life means you gotta go work full-time in, in a ministry somewhere? No, it doesn't mean that at all. It might mean that, but it doesn't have to be that. Kingdom callings aren't always paid positions at a church. I know families, some of them in our church, whose heart is split right in half for young children who don't have a chance in this world. They have circumstances out of their control and those kids don't have a future at all and their heart just bleeds for that. And so they bring those kids into their home and they redirect the purpose of their family. And some of those kids are there temporarily and some of them are permanently and they take care of their needs and they provide for those kids and they teach them what it's like to be raised in a Christian home to hear Christian values and the trajectory of those kids is changed for generations because somebody got a kingdom call in their life to advance God's kingdom in their life. I know a family who, who adopted a brother and a sister who were in a situation where they didn't have a snowball's chance. Is anybody with me? And they brought him into their home and they cared for him and they cleaned him up and they decided to give them their name, and they wanted them to understand what it was like to be under a house that loved Jesus and served Jesus. And they've devoted themselves to that young brother and that young sister. That brother's now about 11 or 12 years old, and his mama sent me a video last week of him talking to me where he quoted in order the 66 books of the Bible. Can any of you do that? It's a kingdom call. It's a kingdom call on your life, man. And I'm telling you, sometimes the stories of it just go on and on. I've met people in my life who, due to everything from hard work to just being born on third base, have resources financially in their life that are beyond what normal people have, and they understand that to be a calling, a kingdom call in their life. And phone calls come from them all the time. What do you need? Who needs what? Who needs what? Because it's a calling for them. I can tell you about teachers who got into teaching so that they could advance the kingdom of God in the lives of children in public school classrooms. I can tell you about politicians who've decided to run for public office so that they could advance the cause of God in policies they would push. I can tell you about single moms who said, I'm tired about deadbeat dads and I'm gonna raise my kids in the church and them to hear what it means to be a man. I can tell you about physicians who treat patients physically so that they can pray with them spiritually. It's about Christians who receive a life calling, that I have been called to advance the kingdom of God. That's why I've been called. 
And see, we had a guest speaker in our church during August, Daryl Land from up in Jasper. And Daryl reminded us that when you walk out of the baptism, you walk into your calling. And see, gang, there's a lot of people who think that the baptistry is where it happens, man. It happens right there. And that's the story right there. No, that's the beginning of the story. That's the first chapter of your whole book. That's the first step of the marathon. What happens in baptistry is that I find out my kingdom calling. And so I ask you a question right now. If somebody came up to you and eyeballed you, you know Jesus? Oh, yeah, I know Jesus. What's your kingdom call, man? Do you have an answer for that yet? Do you know what that is? Now, for a second, we can all right now just kind of take a breath. And you can ask a question that's on everybody's mind here. Um, <laughs> dude, I thought this was a Christmas sermon. <laughs> and you're right, it is. My professors taught me a thousand years ago, preach the holidays, because that's what everybody's thinking, okay? So on Mother's Day, everybody's thinking about moms, preach about moms. Thanksgiving, everybody's thinking about Thanksgiving, preach about Thanksgiving. The granddaddy of it is Christmas. Everybody's thinking about Christmas, okay? No matter what we say, our minds are on Christmas. Got to get the house decorated, okay? But some of y'all been doing that since July. And can I tell you that's embarrassing, okay? That's just embarrassing, okay? Uh, when you put your Christmas lights in July, put your North Side shirt on, okay? Just so everybody knows, all right? Now. You know, I'm joking about that. But we're thinking Christmas, okay? Everybody thinks Christmas, all right? Uh, got to get everything decorated. Got to bake stuff, you know. Uh, by the way, when you bake stuff and bring it to your pastors, uh, your chances of heaven, you know, bump up a little bit. And so we got to do all that. We got to buy all the gifts. Everybody's going to doing that. Um, remember the silly story of the couple walking through the mall? And she says, now we still got to buy my mama something. He said, well, what she like? He said, well, she likes electric things. He said, how about a chair? That's my best Christmas gift I got. Okay. Now, I lost y'all there, did I? So I thought this was about Christmas. Well, it is about Christmas. And I want to tell you why it's about Christmas. So I started thinking through what we're going to do at Christmas this year. And I did the same thing I do every year. What can I say about Christmas that they don't already know? I mean, how many different ways can you say Jesus was born. How many different ways can you say that, okay? There's nothing I got that you don't know. And so I always wanna try something unique, what is fresh, so that you and I can walk out after this month going to church and say, man, I never thought of that. And that's my heart every year. And so as I'm reading through scripture, trying to figure out what are, what are we gonna do at church about about Christmas, I was reading through the Bible about the actual accounts of Christmas. And they're actually only told to us two places, okay? Matthew and Luke, those are the only two dudes that wrote about Christmas. So I'm reading through there, and I, I start to see, you know, someone embarrassed in my 60s, I, I don't know if I ever saw this, that some of the things that happened to the people in the Christmas story are things that are gonna happen to you. And I never thought of that. 
And so my radar kind of went up as I started reading through the Christmas story again, kind of with a fresh way. And I've, I've heard this story forever, but I never thought that, hey man, what that happened right there, that might happen to me. And so I, I designed the whole month that way to talk about regular parts of the story that you already know, but you may not have realized that those things happened so that God could tell us that they might happen to us. And so that's why we use this title. If you've wondered about the title, we've went from Christmas to Christmas. That that story is our story. And so as an example, on Christmas week, when we got the four services that Neil talked to you about, we're going we're gonna to zero in on those guys we've talked about forever, the magi, the wise men, and I'm going to show you that there were things that happened to those guys that are going to happen to you. And so every week I want to talk about that, and what I want to talk to you about real briefly here is about Mary, that what happened to Mary Dude, it's going to happen to you. And some of you women right now are going, oh, no. <laughs> um, you telling me that? No, that's not what I'm talking about. But there's something in her story that might apply to you, whether you're a woman or a man, and it comes down to this. Listen, kingdom calling. That Mary became aware that God had placed a calling on our life to be the mother of Jesus. And she would spend the rest of her days centered on that call in her life. Now, what I want to do for you real briefly, because we're not going to be long, is I want to show you how that happened to her. And I want you to listen. I want you to get your radar up. Because these things might happen to you. So let me, let me look at her story. Everybody with me. Let's start at the very beginning of the Christmas story that Luke tells us around Mary. And here's how Luke starts it. He starts it with these words. In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel. Now let's just stop right there for a second. Because all of us have, have heard that. We've seen that before. But just stop there for a second and consider this angel Gabriel. There's a couple angels in the Bible that are kind of the main angels in the Bible. Um, you've got Gabriel and you have Michael. Okay, Michael was known as, he shows up when there's a battle going on. He is the warrior from God. If, if you're in a battle, you want Michael to pop into your house. That wasn't Gabriel. Gabriel was a messenger angel. When God wanted to tell somebody something, he sent Gabriel to tell them. And so here Gabriel shows up. And Gabriel only shows up four times in the whole Bible. The first two times is because God wanted to tell Daniel something in the Old Testament. He wanted to tell Daniel about something that was going to happen at the end of time, and it's going to be crazy and wild. And so God sent Gabriel two times to tell Daniel, hey man, at the end of the world, this is going to happen. So those are the two times. The next two times, Gabriel is called by God to go to earth 
and tell some people about their upcoming pregnancies. How would you like that to be your job? In all of eternity, what do you do, dude? I tell women they're pregnant. Okay, that's my job. And that's what Gabriel did. And so the very first time that he had to do it, the thing is, they were really unusual pregnancies. God said, I want you to go tell Zechariah, um, he's married to this lady named Elizabeth, I want you to tell them uh, they're, they're gonna have a baby, they're gonna get pregnant. And we don't know how old they were, we just know they were really, really old, okay? We can't figure it out, the Bible just says they were way past the age of having kids, okay? They are really old people. And so Gabriel comes down and tells Zechariah, hey, um, you're, uh, you're gonna be a baby daddy, you know, your mom's gonna have, she's gonna be, she's gonna be pregnant. And and Zechariah's like, you gotta be kidding me. She's old, I'm old, uh, you gotta be kidding me. Somebody wrote, Elizabeth was the only woman in town who paid her gynecologist with her social security check, okay? So we're talking an old lady, all right? So can you imagine, can you imagine being Gabriel? You're sitting in heaven doing your thing, you know, just, you know, grabbing grapes, eating stuff. And God says, hey man, I got a job for you. I want you to go tell Zechariah and Elizabeth to have a baby. And Gabriel goes, <coughs> You looked at them lately? You know how old they are? And God says, you gotta go do it. So Gabriel goes down, he does that. He comes back up into heaven. And six months later, God calls Gabriel into the office and says, I want you to go tell somebody else they're gonna be pregnant. And Gabriel says, I don't know if I've recovered from the first one. And God says, well, I'm gonna tell you what, this one is even wilder. And you're gonna go tell a young girl that she's pregnant. Now, here, here's what I want, you to see about, I want you to see about that. I want you to see that your kingdom calling will come from God. That whatever your calling on your life is as a Christian to advance the kingdom of God, that will be communicated from heaven to you. Now, now I'm, I'm gonna tell you right now that if I were you, I wouldn't get your hopes up about an angel. Although I'm nowhere to be in a position, I can tell God what God can do about that. I'm just telling you I wouldn't look for that. There are times in the Bible, and, and I've, I find it in my own life, if I can be a, a personal testimony about that, and, and from the lives of other people that I've had these conversations with, that most of the time, the awareness of my kingdom calling is a result of me praying about it. God, what do you want? What do you want in my life? When's the last time you prayed that? And we pray for people who are sick and we pray, you know, man, I don't have a job or, you know, I got a problem relationship and, you know, I need all these things and all that stuff's good. But when have you really, in all of your heart of hearts, just simply said, I mean, what do you want me to be about? What do you want me to do? What's my calling? What plan did you prepare before any of this ever happened that when I came out of the baptistry that this was my mission now? What, what is that, God? And I can just tell you from a personal standpoint that when you're serious about that prayer, that that answer comes to you. And I can't tell you that you're gonna hear it I can't tell you that you're gonna read it on a wall anywhere. I, what I can tell you 
is that when it's in here, you know it. You know it. And there's nothing else that can ever begin to fill that hole for you than that kingdom calling. And if you're looking at me right now and you're going, dude, you are in a different world than I am, then I want to say this to you. It's because you ain't prayed about it. And I think this is a big deal for us. And sometimes the kingdom calling is communicated to us through other people. Man, you ought to think about this. You're good at that. Have you ever considered that? Man, I saw you do that, and that was your sweet spot. Listen when people validate who you are and what you do. So the first thing I want you to know is that your kingdom calling will come from God. And so put your radar up and watch that, because that's how it happened with Mary. I want to carry on the story a little bit. Let's go back to the, the text. In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel. Now let's look at the rest of it. To Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. You've heard it a million times. You've, you've, you've seen that. It's probably on some of your ornaments on your tree. And so we're all familiar with that. But I want you to think about this verse for a minute. Let's say that you were a part of the decision to bring the Savior of the world down to the earth and have somebody birth the Savior of the world. You're making that decision back in that day. Here's how we're gonna make that decision. Probably we're gonna say things like this. Well, let's make it happen in the center of activity, okay? This has gotta be something where everybody sees it, everybody sees what's happening. Probably in that day, let's make it happen in Jerusalem. And then we're probably going to say, let's pick out a couple, man, who's just upstanding in the community, probably some good-looking people. Everybody knows them. They got their act together. They've already got some kids raised, and the kids are doing great, you know, on the behind of their camel. They got a little sticker, my kid was on the honor roll at Jerusalem Elementary School. Okay, let's go find somebody like that. That's what we do. Notice what he did. He said, Gabriel, I want you to go to the capital of Podunk, Nazareth. And nobody lives in Nazareth. It's not even on the map, man. It is the capital of Nowheresville. That's where it's going to happen. And we're going to pick a young girl who's never been with a man. We don't know how old she was. Culture tells us she was probably 13, 14. We're going to find a teenage girl who's never been with a man, and we're going to pick a couple who aren't married so that the gossip hubbub will go crazy. Who picks that as the plan? I think it's because it's telling us something about life calling, kingdom calling, and it comes down to this. I want you to check this out. Put the next slide up there, if you will, please. Your kingdom calling will be bigger than you can imagine. Mary and Joseph would have never dreamed this in a million years because their kingdom calling was more than them. So can you hear me? Can you hear me, please? This is where we Christians, I think, lose it so much. 
is, is we operate in neutral. We operate in, in, in first gear, and that's the best we operate in. The plan of God for your life is beyond anything you could ever imagine. It will be more than you ever thought possible could happen. And that's how God works in kingdom calling. And so I encourage Christians all the time, when you're thinking about this, okay, I'm out of the baptistry. Well, God, what do you want me to do now with my life? How can I advance your kingdom? Whatever you're thinking, bump it up, double it, triple it, quadruple it. Because the will of God is for you to make a massive difference in the life that you live, not just putter along. And I want to tell you, that breaks my heart as a pastor. That's not in my notes. This is just, when I wrote it, it just came over me. And I've been a pastor for 43 years, and I've met hundreds and hundreds of Christians who the extent of their expression of faith is to show up every once in a while in church when they can fit it in their schedule. And that's all they got. And God has so much more for you. Let me show you one more part of the story and I'm gonna finish here as quick as I can. You start to have a conversation between Mary and Gabriel. So Gabriel comes and gives us news, and Mary's got some questions. <laughs> if God told me something like that, I'd have questions too. Would you? Okay. And so we've got this section where Mary starts to ask some questions. So in verse 34, is comes up and she says, <laughs> okay, you mind telling me how that's going to happen? How will this be? Do you know that I'm a virgin? Okay. And, and she begins to ask questions. And at the end of the questions, Gabriel finally speaks. And here's what he says. For nothing is impossible with God. Now, I think what happens in 34 up through about 37, I think what we have in the Bible is just a summary of that conversation. I, I think Mary was asking rapid-fired questions, and every answer was God. But how about, how about God? Well, we we with God. Well, well, well what, what, what's God? God. Well, who's God? What God? Everything will come back to God. Because God was trying to say something to Mary through Gabriel that I want you to hear. And we're going to leave on this. I want you to hear this about a kingdom calling. And it comes down to this truth that I want to leave with you. Your kingdom calling is an extension of the power of God. That God wants to take your kingdom calling and the power that he has, he wants to run it through your calling so that the impact you make in your life is not because of your abilities or something you figured that you could do, but it's the way in which God takes all of his power and he runs it through you. And so all the impact happens, not because you're anything special, but because God empowered you in your calling. It was God who did all this. Now I've learned that in my life over and over and over. When I was a kid, we grew up in a, in a neighborhood, a little different than some neighborhoods now. I mean, there were a million kids. We were all buddies. We all played together all the time. And, and all of us kids 
um, had another guy in our group who was a little bit older than us, and uh, his name was Teddy. And uh, I, I've got word that Teddy watches some of these sermons now online. So Teddy, if you're checking it out, I love you, bro. So Teddy was our Fonz. And if you laughed, you're on Social Security, okay? Because you remember Arthur Fonzarelli from the happy days. And he was the older, cool dude, okay, that gave counsel to everybody else. And everybody else said, no, we adored Teddy. If you wanted to be cool, Teddy taught you how to be cool. Teddy taught us more about life than anybody taught us in that neighborhood. I remember when I finally started driving at 16 years old, and I bought a 1971 Nova, Chevrolet Nova, and it was a cool ride back then. And Teddy was looking at it one day and said, good job, man, it's a good car. And I said, yeah, but Teddy, I want to be the coolest dude in the car. And Teddy said, I'm going to tell you three things you got to do. I said, what are they? He said, number one, you got to buy you a puppy dog and put the puppy dog in the back window because chicks dig guys that have dogs in the back window. That's the dumbest thing I ever heard. <laughs> dumbest thing I ever heard. And then I started dating a girl named Susan who, uh, who bought me a gift for that car that I still have today. And this puppy dog was in the back of my 71 Nova and we still have it in our house 42 years later because chicks dig dogs in the back window. <laughs> the second thing that Teddy said you got to do is he said you got you to take your, uh, your cover of your air cleaner. I don't even know if you can do this now. And you got to take that cover and unbolt it and turn it upside down so you got a little hole and it'll make your engine rumble. And chicks dig cars that rumble. And so I turned it upside down and tightened it up and it had that sound and chicks digged that, okay? I remember I came home one day and my dad came out of the house because he heard the car, what are, you, what are you doing? And I opened it, look at that dad. Teddy said, you turn that over, it rumbled. He said, Teddy's an idiot, turn it back over. <laughs> and so uh, <laughs> before I came home, I'd always have to pull over somewhere and turn it back or I'd get in trouble with my dad. And then Teddy said, the third thing you gotta do is you gotta, you gotta buy STP gas booster octane stuff and put it in your car because it makes your car more powerful and go fast. And I don't know if that worked. All I know is that I spent a lot of money on STP octane booster. And I've never forgot the octane booster. I've never forgot that. Not in my car, but I think it is the secret sauce of kingdom calling. That when you come to understand the calling that God has placed on your life to advance his kingdom, whatever that is, and you say, let's make it happen, there is a power of the Holy Spirit directed by God that will invest itself within your life to make things happen that you could have never done without the power of God. Can I get an amen in the house? Okay, that's what happens with your kingdom calling. And so a number of years ago, we got our staff all together here 
And we sat down one day, this must have been seven, eight, nine years ago, and I put everybody in a circle. And I went around and talked about how amazing these people were and the incredible gifts that you guys have and abilities and your commitment to Jesus and your, your heart's as big as a house. And I just, I built them all up as much as I could. And then I said to them, but guys, the best we have among us is not sufficient to change lives. We need his power to work through us. And as we do our best effort with the octane power of the Holy Spirit, only God knows what will happen in this church. And so I said, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna start gathering together every single morning when we work. And before we do anything, we're gonna sit in a group and we're gonna pray, today, God, this is what I'm gonna do, this is what I'm gonna do, this is what I'm gonna do. And Lord, it is not worth anything unless the power of your Holy Spirit works within us. And we still pray that today, every day. And we've added other things that we pray about when people are sick and troubles in their life, and we pray for you guys all the time, but we have never gotten away from the basic foundation. God, would your power invest itself within us as we fulfill the calling you put on our life? And that'll happen for you. If you read the end of the story in Luke, it's real simple. After... After Gabriel said God, you know, several times in the answer of all our questions, Mary simply said this, and I'm summarizing it, paraphrasing it. Mary said, all right, let's do it. And if you were around 9-11, that sounds like Todd Beamer, doesn't it? Well, he's in the plane and has rallied support to take over the terrorist. And his words were simply, okay, y'all ready? You might remember? Let's roll. So I hope your Christmas is awesome. I hope it's everything you could ever hope it to be for your family. But I hope this is the year that you seek his kingdom calling in your life. Let's roll. Roll. Father, I thank you for the beautiful story of Mary. And I pray that there's something in there that's going to make a powerful impact on somebody in this room. And a hundred years from now, we'll be able to look back and see all the things happen because a man or a woman found out the calling that you'd placed on their life. And they lived it out. So whoever needs to hear it, whoever is in your line of communication, make it clear to them right now. And I pray that in the name of Jesus. Amen.